Welcome to the Fatty Z Muskie Podcast. I'm Andy. Joined on the phone, I have B-Man Vance. Hey, what's going on? Not too much. I'm walking around right now, killing bees. Are you, or are you just running from the bees? No, I freaking shot this thing down. I have a tactical flashlight in my left hand. It's is it, is it, is it from Bell and Howell that you can get for like $20? No, it's that real nice deer spotter we got. Oh, okay. It's the streamlight. Okay. Yeah, so the streamlight, it's crossed at the wrist, and I have my uh, finger on the hotshot wasp and hornet killer. And these things are big. Okay. And right before I we... Wood, I, I have a wood pile here. I think they're coming from the wood pile or something. It, it's dark out, though, right? Yeah, but what, so why... I mean, what the hell? I don't know. What are these things doing? I don't know. Maybe you're screwed. With... Dude, there's another one. <laughs> Dude, they're in. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm so pissed off. I got, okay. This should be enough horseplay for now. If you need to mute this, let us get through the plugs and we'll check in. Dude, okay. I'll mute. Okay. All right. So Vance is on mute. <laughs> and we got Todd. How are you, Todd? I'm doing good. Shoot him in the leg, guys. That's all Excellent. I have to say. All right. Um, this show is brought to you by Fatty Z Musky Products. FattyZMusky.com is the website. You can also find us on social media, which uh, you would look at Facebook at Fatty Z Musky Products and also on Instagram. Bait-wise, some big things happened bait-wise this past week. I got, like, next to nothing. It's, there's, I might have some uh, smallmouth bass left in the 8-inch soft tail and the regular 8-inch. I have all the 10s. But if if you're sitting there paying attention saying, well, what happened to all the baits? Because there was a whole bunch. Not a whole bunch. There was enough. Um, They're on their way to Germany. So... A uh, new retailer that we picked up recently, uh, the Pike Shop. Kind of similar name to the Muskie Shop, but it's the Pike Shop out in Germany. And uh, they're probably sitting in customs right now. I don't believe that they would have them this quickly. but So kind of interesting stuff, you know, baits going to Germany. We, you know, big international here and not just Canada. So um, big shout out to them. And um, Rod Holders. Well, let's before I get on the rod holders, let's talk more about the baits. I believe um, Musky Tackle Online still has some, and Team Rhino Outdoors. Uh, Team Rhino has exclusive colors and some standard colors, while Musky Tackles has standard colors and some stingers. Um, I imagine that inventory is probably roughly the same or whatever at Hogan's, Todd? Yeah, about, about the same there. O'Donnell's has some baits. Donald Sports Shop and Supply over in Portersville, but uh, you did take some many, swimmers there recently. They did not make it there yet because I stopped one time and they decided they had a sign on the door. Like after, when did they start? Since 1976, they'd never been closed, and they decided they are going to start closing on Mondays. Just I don't blame them. <laughs> okay, I've been doing this a long time, and I happened to stop on a Monday, so I didn't get a chance to drop them off. They'll they will be getting there. This next week, I'm going home for a few days. So, okay. Um, yep. From from there, uh, rod holders, 
just about everything is in stock. The only thing that I would say is questionable are some rail mounts right now. I mean, I have them out of stock on the website, but I actually have two. So uh, message me if if you uh, desperately need them, but I'm keeping them there just for uh, just in case kind of stuff. But other than that, I have down east. I have tons of slants and straights, and everything is seems to be going pretty well uh, inventory-wise with the rod holders. Again, if you have any questions, feel free to hit me up about a boat setup. I probably talked to a half a dozen people just this week, uh, setting up boats and what have you. And a common theme with these with these people are is they're getting their boats, like brand new boat kind of thing. So I don't know. I, I wouldn't say that you know a handful of people that I talk to is a litmus test for you know things starting to get, move and shake again, but. Um, people saying they're picking up boats. So that's encouraging. Um, from there, I'm going to just say, uh, Todd, let's talk Muddy Creek. Muddy Creek Fishing Guides, mcfishandguys.com. Check out our website, get a hold of us. Uh, we're going to be fishing in Pennsylvania next year, April, May, and then Chautauqua end of May through November. Uh, we have no, I have no, I have no open date. I think Vance is the same way. For the rest of the season so we can get you on a cancellation list something like that but uh and i guess we gotta thanks everybody and we'll start booking for next season as of now <laughs> yeah and if you come out and fish with us we'll be fishing out a ranger boat shout out to them for sponsoring the show and the guide service uh, get all your ranger boat needs at vic sports center in kent ohio i'll check them out for service ordering new boats uh their used boat inventory is gone you know how it is and it, how it's going right now so uh check them out give them a fair shake um vic sports center kent ohio st Croix rods best rods on earth check them out um that's it for me that's it for you so something that happened here recently was uh Gearman steve he stopped up he he's been he's been breaking loose a little bit uh recently uh coming up fishing and stuff like that and you know he comes in the pole barn he he picked up the the last set of test baits and he gave those things a run and just you know naturally the the current of you know human traffic goes to the boat and we're standing there talking about in the boat near the boat like kind of leaning against it and Every single time, he's like, man, I got to get some of this aqua traction. He fished on it once, and pretty much every time I see him, he's asking, you know, questions about it, is just really interested in it, and says that, you know, this is something that he could see himself putting in his boat. So if you're at all interested, reach out to Nick at amfmarine.com. That is his email that was our local dealer. I'm sure they have they have a dealer network, Aqua Traction. That is has a dealer network set up. I would imagine through the states, but I mean you're gonna have to look it up because I don't know where everyone is right now. But um, at least locally in the uh, I'd say the Akron area, uh, amfmarine.com is his website. So if you're curious about Aqua Traction, a um, couple things about it. it's 100% cross-linked closed cell polyethylene foam. It's 100% stain resistant. It's not going to shrink on you. It's not going to peel up on you. This is measured and cut to your boat. 
and you can you can customize this all that you want. You can have like a fish scale pattern, a diamond pattern, a, a whatever, square pattern, circles, what have you. All this stuff, multiple colors. It really gives the boat a nice facelift. So if you're looking at replacing the flooring uh, in your boat, the floor covering, I should say, uh, check this stuff out. It might just be, you know, something that's right up your alley. And it does, it's a nice little perk to have it. So uh, be sure to check that out. Big thanks to uh, Aqua Traction. Okay. All right, Vance, you got the B situation under control? I don't, but it's okay. I'm, I'll figure it out later. Okay, I mean, I'm not there, but an obvious thing would be, why don't you just go sit in the truck? No. Okay. I like the... Uh, I you like to live dangerous. I suggest you I, hit, sir. <laughs> I, I do. I also like to live dangerously, and I'm out here trying to figure out where they're coming from. I mean, these things are the size of a half dollar. Okay. I just killed two of them. Um, I always have if, if they're coming out at night, you're probably very close to the hive. Yeah. yeah. I'm thinking it's in this wood pile. Okay, we're back onto the wood pile. Um, yeah. <laughs> or it's in one of the trees above my camper, but I don't feel like walking over there right now, you know? Well, you might want to figure that one out because they, I'll be honest, they're not going anywhere between now and tomorrow. I'll figure it out. All right, then what I'll are you going to do when out. you figure it out? I'm going to spray it. Okay. Um, I always have cans on me. You know, you got your tickets for the gun show? Yeah, I mean, these these trees are a mess. They're, like, very bushy and very green right now. I can't see crap. So so they have the tactical advantage over you. They have the high ground. <laughs> I think. It's over. Yeah. It's over, Vance. I have the high ground. <laughs> You're going to be laying anyway. on the ground grasping for an EpiPen. I got that close, too, so I'm good. You're good? good. Are you sure? Yeah. I essentially drew like a big circle of uh, wasp spray in my pea gravel, and I'm just going to stand in the middle of there, and I'm going <laughs> to pretend that it's kind of this, you know, <laughs> force field that's just going to keep Just away. in case those ants want to crawl up your leg, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in you the, made a in moat, the... <laughs> a moat of bee spray. It's very frothy. Yeah, so so when you actually need to use it, the can's going to be like empty because you were spraying it on the ground. Dude, I have a lot of cans. Okay, I have a lot of cans. It's it's, it's ridiculous. Some like from 2017. I mean, like these these things get better with age, like a stogie or a bottle of wine. I'm sure they do. Um, the potency just fires up. I'm, I, yes, I mean most things, you know that that do have a chemical and them just tend to get weaker with time with as they like half life on you. Um, mm-hmm. I would be grabbing the newest can and just only as backup. Um, see what happens. I will say this. If anyone wants a good laugh, um, like try to get some like beehive fail compilate, you know, <laughs> compilations <laughs> and what people do to beehives oh, is yeah. just beyond me. <laughs> one happened to come across my feed and I was just, I I almost peed my pants watching these just 
Like two people holding a garbage bag open underneath this beehive as someone cuts the limb to like trying to like swish it. <laughs> and, oh my and the God. limb swings and then it falls like next to them and just like just like falls in dents and they just no. take off running. But the guy was on a ladder. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. Just like you need to have a firm respect for beehives. Like who, who is filming this stuff? <laughs> Someone from the, the from inside the house. Yeah. The smartest one of the group. Yeah. <laughs> very far distance. Like I wouldn't try that, but go ahead. Go for it. I'm going to film. Yeah, I mean, I would just pump it full of foam at, and the cover of darkness with a flashlight <laughs> and then just walk away. But well, how, how about that? Uh, fail video I sent you like yesterday. I'm trying to remember which one that was. We I sent you a video like. A, well, you I sent me a lot of videos recently, and I don't want to oust anybody here. I know, but I I sent you one that I filmed while I was sitting. In my yes, that's okay. That's the one oh, that I was. That's the one yeah. I was thinking. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You asked, do I know that person? Yes. And I was like, no. Okay. I well, but, I knew you were filming, and I'm like. Man, how come these people seem mildly familiar? But I mean, they look like you're like you know average Joe Boater. Yeah, and they pull into the dock, and my boat's sitting next to to theirs, so they pull into the slip next to me, and um, the the uh, you know the the stern starts to like it goes left, goes right, then. The, uh, you know, the transom just in the motor just starts to head towards my boat. So I pull out the camera rather than uh, say, hey, do you need a hand? Hey, hey, do you need a hand? The air conditioning felt very nice. So uh, and I'm watching this and, and the boat comes in fine under power. But once they get to the dock, it's I mean, it's still water. Nothing's really going on. There's not a tailwind, nothing, nothing crazy. But there's some weight displacement on the boat that because people are all over the place trying to grab the dock. And uh, there's a person in the back uh, by the motor. He pulls out an oar, and he's trying to row it into the dock. And there's a guy in the front, and he's holding onto the dock. And then I guess this guy was so strong with his oar, the guy that was holding onto the dock just completely falls backwards on the front casting platform. And his leg's up in the air, and he just kind of like sits there for like a good 2 1,000. Oh yeah, like and, uh, he he had to figure out what was going on. Like, oh yeah, I mean it was wonderful. Everybody was safe. <laughs> they sure were. They were safe. But great footage. It was expert filming. I stayed in the car. Yes. It, to me, it, it it reminded me of the last episode of Seinfeld. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> But, I could see that. All right. All right. So, guys, how's guiding? How's the lake? How, how's everything? Like, we haven't we haven't had a, a catch up show in in a one month or longer. At least a one month. Yeah, a lot longer. Probably six weeks or plus. Um. Yeah. You want me to go first, Tony? Someone sure. talk. That's all I care about. Yeah, yeah. I'll go first. <laughs> the lake is uh, the lake is exactly what I wished for this year. It is a casting year. There's no doubt about it. Uh, for now, things could change. Um, 
but if you can cast, if you can outlast them, you're going to get some opportunities. But it's kind of a casting bite where if you get a bite, that might be your opportunity. Every bite is your opportunity, and there's not plenty. There's When we're going down weed edges, it's like, damn, man, you should have had that one. Or, you know, damn, girl, you should have had that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's a, it's a drag them out, knock them out style uh, a year right now. Um, and I really don't have a problem with it. Uh, when I have, it's got to make it challenging though. It's, it's very challenging. challenging. It's extremely challenging and it makes it fresh for me. I, I like the challenge. You gotta, you gotta pull, pull things out of your hat for these fish to to hit at points. Yeah. But I mean, you're not the one fishing. Correct. Which makes it even more challenging. You know, that's the problem. Like, you know, yesterday I took guys out and I showed them how to cast and show them how to use the jerk bait. And, you know, I look over on their first cast and they're holding the pole in the right hand and reeling backwards, upside down. Oh, yeah. With the left hand. So that's the way I'm starting a lot of these days when, when we're trying to do that. So. So, okay, I mean, I already know this, but I'm just going to go ahead and kind of bring this up so you guys can talk about it. Your typical client, I'm going to say more often than not, is someone that just happens to be around the the, the lake at this, around this time. They book this vacation, whatever. These are not seasoned fishermen coming to, you know, coming to you guys. I mean, this, this happens often, like most of the time it's a it's very uh i i I have a good feeling when someone says they know how to use a bait caster and we've talked about taking a spinning rod out there and stuff before but we're taking people that have never i i take most of the people that have never done anything like this before and you know our trolling is i mean it is as close to non-existent as i've ever seen it on this lake which has happened before fish are out there but you know, uh, so you, you try, oh yeah, we love casting. And, you know, it's, it's like Andy's upside down spinning reel, except they turn them upside down casting reel. But that's all part of the, that's all part of the experience on this guide trip. I mean, we take out mm-hmm. the, from both ends of the spectrum here, never mm-hmm. middle mm-hmm. ground experience, you know, mm-hmm. experience obviously is an easy day for a guide. And we're sitting there teaching these people. So you started, yeah. you get to your spot at 8 a.m. and it's completely foreign to them. You know, they mm-hmm. have, the, they're using a jerk bait, they're using whatever, a spinner, uh, a glider, um, the raptor, more often than not. And the pole, you go, you go through everything, the pole is kind of crossbody. So if you cast it out there, generally if you're right-handed it's the butt is on uh, underneath your left armpit if you're yeah. a lefty the butt end is underneath your right armpit and those damn lefty reels are really screwing with me with mm. the new like new people coming in because there's more people throwing lefty because they came off of a spinning cast and they want a musky fish and now there's these new lefty reels that just wasn't happening as early as like i don't know 10 years ago you know, five years ago, who knows? Yeah, but no what what happens 
is a lot of the times they'll see it. And this goes down from hitting the button, the release button on the reel, all the way till that thing is back out of the water. You got to walk people through it. And what is happening is they'll get like comfortable with that cast. Maybe it goes 10 feet the first time. Then it goes 15. They finally get that part down. And then they get some distance to it. But on the retrieval, on the retrieval, and this is if it's perfect wind and all this, you know, everything that, everything is lining up to where we want to be. This is a nice, perfect drift I'm, I'm explaining here. The retrieval, what you'll see is that right-handed reel is coming cross-body, almost across the belly button, rather whether they're left-handed or right-handed, and they're jerking that way or retrieving that way. So imagine a rod just completely across uh, your body while you're trying to reel it in. That's what's happening. It's not underneath the armpits. So then when that happens, you're like, okay. Now you get your cast down. Yeah. Now you, now you, have, <laughs> now you have your push button. Yeah. You're having your distance. You have form on the cast. Let's work on the retrieve. From there, you put it underneath that correct armpit. And you talk to talk these people through, and it's very patient, patient, patient teaching, and say, "This is the way you got to do it." Boom, you got to swoop it that way, and you say, "Put it underneath the armpit," and then all of a sudden it's on the love handle, and it, the bait's not, you know, acting how I want it to, uh, because of that, <laughs> and it's a whole different thing. Then the love handle's sore. Then you work that. You finally get it up into that armpit, and the jerks are working. You know, they're like, okay, cool. This is great. I'm working the jerk bait, but they are holding the rod behind the reel. And you're like, that's yeah, not good. Oh, yeah, not, yeah. It's not good enough. Okay. Let's the first adjust, thing we, yeah. Let's adjust yeah. your hands mm-hmm. on how, how this feels comfortable. Uh, let's, let's put your hands, grab that reel or grab the foregrip, whatever you're comfortable with right now, but you have to snap this thing. Or, you know, pull it, whatever bait it is, um, with some aggression to get these things to hit right now. And by that time, it's usually like 1 p.m. And yeah. then you're finally like, okay, <laughs> now they've got a shot, you know. And the hook set, who knows? You know, these people are concentrating on this learning aspect of it. And yeah. that's what we're here for. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's just like, okay, you know, now, I, I, now. I, I've gone through the same scenario a couple of times here recently that Vance just described. And like, finally, you know, they're like, I've, I've seen the raw, I've seen the person jerk the rod bends and they turn and look at me and said, I think there's something on here. Mm-hmm. And the fish jumped out of the water through the bait. Oh yeah. And it's gone. I mean, there's just so many steps. But they stopped, they stopped reeling. Like, they were like, I think I feel, I think something's on here. <laughs> it's completely, yeah. it's complete greenery with all of it. It's like how, mm. you know, when I first picked up a jerkbait rod or a casting rod, I mean, we're just so jerkbait oriented here. But I really think that goes, if you start out jerkbaiting and musky fishing, especially with the jerkbaits that all of us were using, prior to the raptor and things like that, mm-hmm. I think it really makes you a well-rounded caster. Um, you could pretty much pick up 
any type of bait and figure it out mid-cast on how you're supposed to run this thing, whether it be a giant triple tail rubber bait mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, a little crankbait. Um, but it, I don't even know where I was. I forget what the heck hell I was saying there. But uh, I don't know, somebody else take it away because I completely forgot it. It's just a, it's it's a it's a grind to, to more, get this more or less it's we, the, the green the green part of it. it, it the, the, that that's where I was. It was mm-hmm. The green part of it. It was the same thing I did though when I was just like, okay, I got this cadence down. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Boom, something foreign. Freeze. What the hell is that? Yeah. Boom, fish jumps. Unfortunately. These past couple weeks, those are opportunities. Yeah, you know, and and they are you you have to do you right now. You have to it's it's musty fishing right now. That's what it yeah. is. And we have years, we have times when it's like, okay, jump in, sit down. I want to cast. No, we're going to go troll for a little bit. See how you like it because something good's going on, or vice versa. There are years when it's like, oh. Yeah, if you missed that one, you'll get the next one. Mm-hmm. Schlake is not putting out that many opportunities at this point. <laughs> and it's very sad when... For green... For missing. green... Yeah, for green yeah. fishermen, you know. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what you got to realize, you know. It's... Yeah. You know, people always... The average fisherman, they probably think, like, what what the hell are the guides doing on the lake at this given time? What, what's going on? Yeah. You know? Oh, they didn't catch one today. You know, yes. I caught one. Well, we're not, you know, we're not, we're in the, the netting business. Absolutely. But we are, we, we're in the teaching business. You know, we, we're, we're, we're teaching these people how, how it's done. I mean, even an experienced caster, uh, you still have to, it's still not the way I want it to be. If somebody's a mm-hmm. casting person and they step foot on my boat, how I want to attack this particular lake. It still takes some, uh, you, know, you know, just it, it takes some pushing. Mm-hmm. Get them where they want to be on how I fish, how Todd fishes, how yeah. done efficiently on this lake particularly. We, we, we were just talking about it uh, where we started the podcast, that bomb, this bomb cast. You know, the, we're taking some guys that are, that have caught a lot of big muskies and caught a lot of fish and they're fishing different bodies of water, big rubber. There's nothing around. I mean, and you get into the situations that you, that huge giant bomb cast is just going to screw you. And it does time after time. There's so much floating debris. We're fishing in tight to these weeds. These fish are jammed in there. I mean, and all the fish are in there too. They're jammed in there and all you, species. Yeah. And you, you know, the weeds are like right to the surface. So if you miss your cast and you take this bomb and you miss your cast, you have two to three minutes of downtime now because the bait buries in those weeds. You got to reel it the whole way back in, take them off. So it's a total te- waste of wasted time. And explain how it's generally taken off. Please tell got me the they weeds. smack, smack the water. They hold no, the rod and they I, keep smacking the bait. Against... They, I, I would rather they do that. You know, the way it's normally taking off is you reel it all the way up to the leader. You set the rod down. You reach up. 
I mean, there's times I just turn around because I can't, I've, I've explained it. I'm having a little more harder time with the teaching part. The older I'm getting and the more I'm doing it, I'm going to be totally honest. Because I repeat myself a couple times and I'm like the dad, like I've told you twice. I love <laughs> if I tell it. You're you going again, to time if out. If I tell you again, I'm going to smack you in the ass. I mean, <laughs> I mean I'm serious. I believe you. The I rod gets you. set down in the back of us. Why? I've never set my rod down. Ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you set the rod down, you reach up, you pick them all off. Now let's make another one and say, do not, don't bomb cast it over to the, towards the docks. It's solid weed. You throw it right at the bow of the boat. And another one goes flying over there and it's the same. So I take them, I, then I'm done. I take them out of there. I I go through it a couple times and then I, I think of where else I could go. It's not going to be like that situation. And, uh, yeah. and I'm very limited to where I can take people. No doubt. That's, that's what we deal with. It's very that's frustrating. A, that's the structure on this lake. It's very tactical. Yeah. You know, Yeah. You, I, t- you teach people to swing. Okay. So instead of climbing up your rod to release the weeds. Yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to break this down a little bit further than that, but yeah, Vance, you're going, you know where I'm going on this. So okay, the way so Todd described this yeah. was, I, I almost wanted to go in more detail because I know exactly how this was going down. The, there's and because I watch it with just about anybody, they reel the line way too close to the tip. And in, in Todd's example, it was to the leader, which means yeah. you have about I don't know fourteen inches of of line air quotes hanging off the tip. And then you're like, well, okay, so the next thing I'm going to need to do is I need to set this butt grip down, and I'm going to kind of ladder my way yes. up. Yeah. And then you grab Jacob's onto the ladder. weeds, and you just kind of like throw them off to the side, but, you know, 30% land inside the boat. Oh, yeah. And, oh, this uh, is fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. We'll clean it. And then w- when you're all done and the bait's all clean, then you climb back down your, your ladder and you grab the rod and you open you know open the bale and you, you take another cast. Now, I'm sure that I, I, I haven't paid attention to the way Vance and Todd uh, remove weeds from their rods, but I got a pretty strange suspicion that it's the same way as mine. So Vance, as you were about to describe, I'm going to let you describe. How do you remove weeds from your bait? And this is what I teach after I see all of this going on. And I never want to overload the client with information like, you know, here's how you cast, boom, done. If you can't do it, you know, then piss off. Uh, we work with these people. And then I'm like, hey, here's a tip. And this is a tip that we give out multiple times a day. Open the bale, hit the hit the release, open the bale to a rod sling, let it swing back to you, grab the weeds, and you're good to go. Reel up on it, get right back into your cast. Much easier. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's good. You know what? Some people get it, some people don't. Some people get it, some people don't. And sometimes it's the end of the day before I can get to that point. Yeah, there's so because much. There's so much it's going such on. a quick. It's, it's so such funny. A, it's so such crazy. a quick day. It's a quick day, <laughs> and we're literally teaching these people from the click of the release all the way back in. Yeah, and there's sometimes when people like don't even, that don't get it and keep doing it. That, and it might be the littlest weed that might come off in the next cast. That I'll be like, here, I got you, I got you, I got you. Stop, 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 stop stuff reeling and i'll grab it when it's like 
you know, yeah. eight, eight feet out floating. And I'm going to be like, just lift the rod tip. Got it. See how easy that was. Yeah. I'm spending time. I don't have my bimini up. I don't have a talk on my boat. And I spend time, like, when I see him bring it in, I just have him swing it to me. I'm like, okay. So I stand with my foot paw in my hand. Mm-hmm. And and I just have the here, just bring it over here, and I just take them off. Mm-hmm. Because we are I, to me to me that's like the end point. How do you get this weed off? First, I don't want to get killed or get hooked in the back of the head, and make sure the reels in the right hand, holding the reel, holding the rod. Sometimes we never get to that point throughout the day. That's true. Uh, but weed remove. I mean. Every, yeah, that's where the bimini it's comes fun. in. Where, it's where fun. I, I sit and stay protected. Yeah, <laughs> but we do that every day, you know, with, with with the casting. It's it's a complete educational experience right now. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna expand a little bit more because I have a couple things to say about the weed removal because I don't think we've ever talked about this on the show, believe it or not. Um, so typically, and anybody it, says that they deal with weeds, they. We do, it's it's the worst like for weed floaters and stuff like that. It's not, I will laugh crying when people are talking about oh, yeah. weeds. Yeah, this place is crazy. Continue, like even, remember, remember last year at Pimey, people are like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah, it's I'm like such a tough time. There's floating weeds. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I saw <laughs> like five. Like I yeah, mean, I know. <laughs> it's not even getting me in in any remote type of shape for reeling in. No, it's Chautauqua Lake. No, no. And even, you know, when you're, yeah, when you're trolling the, the weeds with the rod tip in the water. Uh, and I know you deal with the same thing, Vance, that I'm dealing with. Like everybody wants to throw like top water or spinner baits. And I mean, it sounds great, but most of the times you can't get a top water lure to make two moves, whether it's a spin or a side to side action without the floating weed on there. That's what we deal with on this lake. Yeah, big facts. Whether it's Energy. the edge or just... <laughs> it does, or, you can or be the out floaters. in the middle. Of, yeah, the floaters. Floaters. Mm-hmm. The, the floaters are the ones. There's stuff floating everywhere. You know, and uh, that is just so frustrating. And, <laughs> and how about... <laughs> but how about how people will suggest sometimes on the boat that are like, you know, have picked up a magazine and muskies are Reddit mm-hmm. or, you know, they follow Facebook muskies. They're like, why don't you get those weed catchers? You know, you tie them on before your leader. That does not work out here, period. No. That's for yeah. like open water, clean, Great Lakes stuff. It does yeah, a little weed, a little weed to deflect. You can't deflect weeds yeah. the size of your boat. Yeah. Yeah, it's the size <laughs> it's of your boat. Like... Yeah, the yeah. size of a, a fire weed, ring. Weed I mean, patches. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, you can't do that. So if you're trolling, if you ain't checking, you're not trolling correctly. So don't be lazy with them weed catchers. Andy, go. Okay, so I snag up some weeds. Do do you guys like you know? Either you you know, you get the bait back to the boat, and either you do the open up the the bale and kind of drop it down to real level, or you just time it. You're like that's close enough, and you pick the rod up. Do you guys do that little jiggle and hope that it falls off with a couple jiggles? Absolutely. Do you, so, mm-hmm. okay. So I and do that. Yeah. And, 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 and as you do it, I mean, I've only been doing this for my whole life, but I can tell when it comes in usually. 
I'm like, is this a, is this one I can jiggle off or am I going to have to actually grab it? You know, I gave it about get one of those jiggle ones and it'll jiggle from the back hook all the way up to the front hook, which is hard to do. Right. <laughs> Sometimes I, that happens. <laughs> I have I a threshold. Find, I, I, okay. Yeah. I have a threshold of like two to five jiggles before I say I'm wasting time, rip it off by hand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can take it off. Yeah. And then, uh, the ones that kind of are slightly annoying to me are the people that constantly will keep slapping the bait against the surface. Like that's good for fish. I yeah. mean, it, it does. I mean, the old timers, you beat the oar or paddle against the, the water to get the fish active. Mm-hmm. But I, I have not seen beating the bait against the water really be effective enough to say that's worth a shot. Yeah. And there it are works people for like little walleye rigs. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, not, I have, a, I have not a... big, not treble hooks that are the size of the walleye rig. Yeah. Uh, the, but I, I mean, I'm sure you guys seen it like 10, oh, yeah. 15 times. It just keep you like, you would have cleaned that off and had another cast in if you wouldn't have just been sitting there pounding the water. No doubt. Yeah, that's a terrible thing. Yeah. The poundage of the water. I hate that. But I just wanted yeah, to see if that, anyone that, else did that. It doesn't that. work. Like, it, when you go back to the jiggle, it's up, jiggle, jiggle, jiggle. I can pretty much tell if the weed is going to fall off in my back cast, like with my with, with my next cast. Mm-hmm. Where it happens is if, I, if one, and pick any bait, if there's a weed on the tail hook which is generally you know your standard treble those ones are the toughest to get off with a jiggle those are the ones you got to grab because they're going to walk right up yep but you can get them off the ones that are on the body that are Mm -hmm. that are teed if you will whether it's a crank twitch bait or whatever if it's one of our jerk baits so. Yeah, I don't know. I just I wanted to see if, you know, I, I think the people that have experience casting have kind of already arrived at the essentially the same like line of commands to remove the weeds. But mm-hmm. I just yeah, little things like that drive me nuts when like I see the, my kids do it when I take them fishing, just constantly smacking the water and like, hey, how come my bait's gone? Well, yeah, <laughs> you still got the weed, yeah. but your worm is missing. Yeah. <laughs> I remember my, my dad getting frustrated at, at times fishing up in Canada or up here when we're casting and slams it in the water. And then he's like, ah, oh, this bait's not working right. You know, I mean, you can smack it on the water and you can take them out of tune doing that. Yes. You can take them out of tune. Absolutely. Absolutely. Bend the spinner bait. Bend your leader. Rip the tail off the swim bait or rubber bait, you know. Yeah. No doubt. Seen Take all care of the lure. Don't get mad and slap it. Yeah. Just yeah. Touch it. The, the slapping comes with frustration with people. I can yeah. honestly say I've never had any of my clients, like new clients, new, new or new casters. I've never seen them doing that, you know. They don't. It was yeah, something but... I saw along. It was something... Just kind of common back in the day. Yeah, Smack it in the water and put it back out to you. 
it's more the ladder climb, you know, mm-hmm. to remove the weeds. Yeah. Fun stuff, but I mean, it's just a, it's just an educational process the whole way through, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's just say this hypothetically: you have a green caster, and they have just basic knowledge, no real experience musky fishing, but they're halfway intelligent and they're smiling and they want to catch one. How many days or hours do you think you could you would need for an average to motivated angler of what I just described to kind of get all the bullet points like classroom setting, this is how it is, out on the water. Do you think you can do somebody, it in four hours, 40 hours? If somebody's motivated, one hour. You think yeah. you can go through all the, mm-hmm. like, all this is how you do this, and they pay yes. attention? If they are a sponge, one hour. Okay. Now, what happens if they're average, just like the, the typical Jill and, and Joe fishermen? No. Adequate by lunchtime. I was going to say that's what I yeah. just said. Adequate, adequate, yeah. <laughs> okay. Now, obviously, the people that might know what they're doing but come in with bad habits, do you ever see breaking those? No. Oof. That's tough, man. Hard. That's tough. That's multiple charges. Yep. Yeah. This is the way we do it. This is the way I do it. This is the way I throw. I do this bomb. Or I, you know let all this line out and I'm like don't I mean I'm under can I mean I I try to do my charters that no one takes an overhand cast the whole entire day mm. there's no there's no need to on this lake I can underhand flip three quarters if I want to three quarters of the distance they can take their overhand cast even though the overhand cast is going what 40 50 yards I don't know how long they're throwing them probably that far mm-hmm. I, I can tell you this so occasionally when stuff is very boring, when I used to go fishing, I would say, let's have a casting contest and just see how far we can throw them. Not like mm-hmm. actual fishing, just something to let's get our mind off the misery. And I think a far cast for me was like 200 feet because that's how much, like I went to my backing and I knew how much bright I put. That's on. a, that's yeah, a really, so, that's an extremely far. Yeah. Cast. That's, that, that's 70 yards, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's give or take, but it's also like it wasn't just mm-hmm. hey, let me give me this bucktail and I'm going to throw mm-hmm. it. This is put on your best casting lure yeah, because lure we are going to yeah. we're going to see who can cast further. And this hey, is like hey, Happy hey, Gilmore that's... style: loosen yep. the brakes up and just see. Yep, we used to we used to you know when you're fishing, you can play around and do that stuff. We did that, but the high cast, see who can you throw it and you sit there and you wait for it to come down. I mean, oh, that's, like that's like like the hang time for a punter. Yeah, how long can this hang? You switch hands, you look over, and they see the other guy's lure hit the water. It's like, yep, I beat you there. You got to be like extra cocky, and when you do it, like switch hands, bend over, grab a sandwich, take a bite. Yeah, yeah, go over and take a bite. uh, mm -hmm. You make jokes about that, but that is actually like a musky strategy now. I've read that. What, to eat in a cast? No. To have hang time, so when it hits the water, it makes big, enormous splash. Bigger splash. That's someone who's trying to come up with something to write an article about, Vance. Yeah, but it, it worked once, you know. So. <laughs> yeah. I've done it a hundred times. I'm not going to write a freaking <laughs> article. 
<laughs> and then on the, the other hand, if you guys insanity. recall, this is a this is a real old one. Remember my power ranking of the splashless cast? Yeah. Oh yeah. So there's the other one. The other extreme is I don't want it to even ripple. I want it to be like that 14 year old Chinese diver in the Olympics. That that does. Yeah, they <laughs> jump in the water and it looks like you dropped a penny in. Yeah, start fly fishing. <laughs> <laughs> start fly fishing, man. Yeah. Yeah, but the the cast the the casting. I mean, all all of these like the way that we fish Chautauqua translates into a lot of inland lakes and it translates into giant places like lake of the woods even like you know it if you're on structure you have to be strategic in your placement of your cast it's not just bomb it out there you know you can't do that if we're on structure and we're holding on a weed line you got to be there you know and we're on that trolling motor trying to keep you there you know you're right here you're right here it's the right way here. that I fish everywhere that I've gone. I mean, when I went on the pro tournament trail, the lakes I've never gone to, uh, the way we fish in Canada, it's just the way we do it. And there's just this, I don't know, this open water bombing, you know, and I think Andy can relate to this a little bit to what I'm going to say, but I'm out there and you stop in the middle of the lake. What, what looks like the middle of the lake, uh, the weeds are to your left. I'm going to keep you out of them. Don't throw past, you know, 45 degrees here. I'm going to keep you there. I'm going to work at this. I'm going to be on my trolling motor, keeping you there. And we're 250 yards offshore. It, it, it's just hard for people that haven't fished these bigger bodies of water not to turn and see the dock and say, I have to get in near that dock. I have to fish towards that shore it's like the middle of the lake you're you're like what are we fishing out here we're nowhere because everyone is fishing a branch or a tree or a you know the uh and i know we've mentioned it before when andy first came out with me he's like we are like out in the middle of the lake and i know you had a hard time relating to that i was like we're not in the middle of the lake you know it's just and it's hard. It's hard for people. They, I have to turn and look and say, "I got to get into our shore." I mean, it's because that, it, it, like, it's a visible even, structure. You can see a dock. Yeah. You can see a fallen even, tree. Yeah. Even if we're you not, like, even if we are out in open water, and this again, I'll, I'll reiterate, this can translate to any and like, and probably any lake fish. If you're out in the open water, you're like, "What the hell is this?" You don't. It's apparent there's a weed line right in front of you. Don't throw into it. We're out in the middle yeah. of it, but don't throw into it. It had lots of gives people, people like that I... want to just throw it into the abyss, which yeah. is the the weed line that we're holding onto. We're trying our darndest, and I can't keep. You know, the wind's not blowing the right way. I'm trying to keep you on there. Don't throw that way. But I've had lots of people like, you know, especially up like there in Mayville or down the south end when you're fishing across the big. I pull in or like, okay, let's go. And they look and they're like, so this is the spot. This is not what I thought would be the spot we were going to troll because we're three quarters of a mile from any shoreline. And mm-hmm. it's hard for a lot of people to relate to that. It's, it, I mean, I yeah, have a hard I'll, time I'll, dealing with it because it, I, I, it's just the way we do it. You know, the, uh, 
the old comment like so you guys troll the weed line a lot a lot you know and you're like mm-hmm. we cast the weed line yeah you know? yeah we don't really troll the weed line not really trolling it all that much yeah i mean it, <laughs> it happened i'll tell you this it happened to musky professionals when they had the pmtt up here they they saw us casting free fishing or whatever and they're like you guys are casting in the middle of the lake what are you doing this lake has a major problem uh and i'm talking the biggest names in the sport at the time like and they were trying to win there and fish docks and stuff like there are so many weeds in here they're like this lake is unfishable and what are you doing casting out in the middle of the lake They just didn't it. understand we're not casting out in the middle of the lake. <laughs> That's the drop, yeah. you know. And uh, I had conversations with them, and they don't understand it. They say, oh, you're trolling out in the middle of the lake. Well, yeah, we do troll in the middle of the lake here. But even if you're trolling the weed line, lots of places, you're you're not you're pretty far offshore, not what people are related to. Right Same on. as I, I can't relate to you know lakes to me i can't i have a hard time relating to lakes that don't have weeds you got to go back and think okay there's a little bump here there's a little point here i'm going to fish this because it's something Uh, right on most lakes that i fish where i go up into canada and where i fish around here i mean i'm my comfort level is weeds yeah i mean but even out even out in the midwest that they have weeds there's one lake that drives the industry and drives the articles and drives all that stuff. And we know what that is. It's called Lake Yeah. Lake. Yeah. You know, so that's mm-hmm. what you're reading about. So you're reading about this stuff and then you're watching, you know, you're picking up YouTube. You're talking about this crap. I, it, it, this yeah. is when Andy, when, what Andy was talking about, like, we'll, we'll take a step back. The experienced fisherman that comes out, how hard is it to break him on a new body of water? And you say, you know, my answer was days of charters, you know, yeah, days, it's yeah. days, because that's what they do. This is they, it, it's just they, they're from this area. It's big open water. They do this stuff. They read the articles. They now say things like, uh, "Do you do a lot of pelagic fishing?" That's been popular in the boat for the past like three weeks pelagic fishing and i'm like i have no idea why are you trying to use a big word to talk about jigging bait (laughs) fish yeah Yeah. i'm like no i do not do that Mm -hmm. on this lake it's more efficient to troll it if you Mm -hmm. have this this stack bait fish yeah um it's just more efficient you might get some doing absolutely nine days out of ten if you got bait fish out in the basin, that's your structure. You troll through it, you're good. Um, but the quirks of an experienced fisherman that wants to come out and learn a new lake, it takes. And that's what they're there for. That's what they're there for. They're, they're there to learn, you know. The, but there is some habits that are just, they take forever to break. And, yeah. you know, whether it's, casting open water whether it's when you're trolling keeping the rod tip down because you're you know you're an experienced fisherman from the great lake system and you you know catch walleyes and salmon and all that bs and the rod tips up whether it's that 
to keeping the rod tip down when you engage the fish. There's there's just a lot of things that that take huh, mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Somebody that's completely green, it's a lot easier to teach than someone who's an advanced fisherman. Okay, I've been yeah. holding this point for a very long time because I wanted you guys to fully... Something that I think what, when you guys are talking on the, you know, I gave that example of the experienced guy and, you know, it's, it takes longer for the instruction to set in. Some of those open water, big basin casters and most everyone else, what they are not used to, and, and this is kind of piggybacking on what Todd says, we're in the middle of the lake, you know, this, it is hard to visualize like the weed line. So the the biggest thing that I, I, I'm like, how can we quantify this in, in a nice, tidy word? Boat control. That is one thing that you cannot like give a novice angler anything. Like like they, they have nothing to reference to good boat control and bad boat yeah. control. And you're like, I'm controlling this boat. You have to trust what I'm saying. But they, it's just like this unfamiliar concept they never even knew about it you get into a moderate angler who may have a boat and they might be trying to take it to the next level and they're reading articles about boat control on you know how to do this on the wind and how to swing this thing and keep yourself in the best but until you like actually run a boat and get like some skills at boat control it's it's really hard to have it all click to say, this is how I need to fish because I know what this guy is doing right now. You told me there's a weed line running like this. You're going to keep me about this far off. Uh, You know, any more now, like what Todd was saying, I'm like, man, oh, there's overhead casts. Occasionally I'll do them, but they take so so many more calories to actually execute versus like the little underhand lollipops. Yes, and I, I tell people all the time, if you're if you're getting tired because of your casting, you are working way too hard. The the workout is bringing that thing back in. I mean, the casting is nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the boat control thing, man, Andy. I mean, I've fished with people that I've fished with for years, different lakes up in Canada, different places, and I've you know we always used to switch partners and stuff. And I'll take somebody, you go out, you fish. And, you know, the next day they go over there, God, I don't know how, you know, we went over there and all we got was weed. You know, we, I don't know, how were we fishing there last night? That's because I was, you know, I will, I will miss two casts. If I'm fishing by myself with my father or with a friend or whatever, I will take a couple casts off to put the boat in the position I needed to come into. Now, how do you get that? You got to know the lake. You know, that, that's the one thing that I understand that that's probably hard for somebody, but I mean, yeah, you got to know the lake, but it's, it's, it's kind of simple. When I stop, when you think it's out in the middle of the lake, I'm stopping and it usually weeds are going to be between there and shore. Wouldn't you say that Andy? Uh, Generally? Yeah. The weeds tend to grow in the shallower water. They tend to grow in the shallower water. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that's the, the, like, but it's it, it's hard. It's hard to transfer. You know, I can take somebody and catch a bunch of fish, and the next day they're like, I couldn't even take a cast without getting any fish. And I'm thinking to myself, well, then you were in too far. 
I mean, <laughs> you know, it's very simple because it's all weeds all the way to shore. That's why you say, don't throw to the left of the boat. Don't throw beyond 90 degrees off the bow. And and there there's there's some parallels here with, with this boat control stuff. So I'm gonna say like boat control has gotten easier with the with the GPS autopilot stuff. Autopilot absolutely and, and, and the key easier. fob thing, you know, occasional yep. corrections. Fupa. The FUPA. FUPA. That's right. I didn't want to take it from you. But <laughs> the um you know, so with that with all of that encompassed, like there are some just parallels here that I that that I draw when I'm you know, thinking about boat control with riding motorcycles, there are certain things that like, until you actually like get on a good handling motorcycle, you don't know how bad this other motorcycle handles. Just like if you hop in a boat and every, everyone that you've been into has poor to below average boat control, you don't realize just how inefficient you are until you're on a boat with a guy that knows how to run it. And it almost seems easy. Like, how are you doing this? You're like, well, I'm watching the graph. I'm looking at this. I'm looking what's here. I touch some weeds on that cast. And you're making all these corrections, but you're doing it so fast because you've done it so much. It almost seems like it. you're not doing anything at all. But like with a motorcycle, you know, I'm, I'm glancing down, looking at that, hitting the mirrors, checking stuff. Is that gravel over here? Is that car see me? You have all these different things going around in your head. Absolutely. Once once you get it to where like, okay, I'm doing good. It's like a four lane through a middle of a city and everyone's doing 80. You just, I get in the flow. I go with this. I watch what I need to do and you go. And when you leave a boat with someone that knows how they're doing, then you go back to maybe yourself or other people. You're just learning. I mean, it's okay. Everyone sucks at the beginning. And you're like, holy crap. This is, this is the difference between having a follower to and putting a couple in the net is setting yeah. it up. Um, you know, it, it's, it's nice when you're off the weeds, when you're like, there's the weeds. It's, it's easy to stay right on the weed line. You catch a fish and that thing dives in the weeds. Well, there's a good chance that fish is coming off because it's coming up with 50 pounds of weeds with it that now you're fighting. You know, yeah. it, there's just so much that goes into it. And when you're typically on a boat that is, I don't want to say aimlessly in the middle of a lake casting a certain type of bait boat control might not be as a fine tuned art as a person trying to navigate a weed line that undulates in and out and what have you. There's less to pay attention to and you can afford to take those longer casts because there's nothing to worry about. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. that's, that's just, you know, one thing that I just like, how can I wrap that up? And I just, I boil it down to boat control. Yep. And, and and that's hard to get through to some people, you know, the same as the trolling, like, like, uh, Vance was saying, you guys trolling weed lines and you're trolling this. No, like, <laughs> you know, sometimes we are, sometimes we aren't, but, uh, you, it, I guess it's hard if you don't know the lake, you don't, you just, you know, but that, that's the way we start a lot of these trips with nothing. It, just follow, trust what your guide's saying, because I've, I always tell everybody that, you know, we went over for three today. And by the end of the day, I was very, I felt very fulfilled. That there was three opportunities. 
Mm -hmm. the way the day started, it was not, you know, that started that way. But I mean, (laughs) uh, we came a long way. And they walked away with some. Yeah. Well, they went went away without catching. You know, they were like, "Man, I can't believe we got skunked." And I was like, "Yeah, you got skunked. You got to be able to walk away from that because the way that way some of these days start, there was some great opportunities." You know. Uh, yeah, like you might not have caught that, that photo point. on your phone, but you walked yeah. away with something that 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 you can't even put into a box and say, this is what I learned today. You picked up mm-hmm. hopefully some good habits. You picked up some tips and tricks and this and that. And, you know, you almost want to say, if we could repeat the repeat today with how you were at mm-hmm. the end of the day versus how you were in the beginning, you would have had a different result. Yeah. We started a day with the rod in the wrong hand, reeling upside down, not even know how to release the button on a clicker. And we went to, you had some opportunities. There's a lot of days like that. And I, I just think, uh, you know, I can walk away as looking at that as pretty successful day. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of work that goes into it. Mm -hmm. That's what it's all about. Big teach. Ego set aside. That's what we specialize here. Very nice. Guys got any fun stories? <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I had broke tons. a ton of rods. You broke rods? Rod tips. This is what oh, I, really? so, yeah, I don't think there's anything I, I want to touch base on. And I don't want it to sound like we're, you know, yelling at the cloud, but, uh, these are just things that we go through, and uh, if we didn't like it, we were sick of it, we wouldn't be doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is what we're doing, and you know, I love the challenge every day. It would be boring if you went out and smashed them every day. It would be Great Lakes trolling, but it's not. They're still musky, so... I love it. I love the teaching aspect. It's a huge challenge, and it's wonderful. Uh, the boat control is so important uh, in in fishing, and and that's half of our job, you know, is boat control. And uh, oh yeah, you know, easily. And um, <clears throat> here's one thing. It's exactly what. I hate about the greenery and musky fishing that beats you up as an angler. There was a gentleman on the boat, had a bait, external weight system. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would I would say that what? So we've made that popular probably? Is there something else? Or like maybe reef hog? Like I think there was like an add on system that you could do that like what is that Fundley tackle had it to where you could put this little threaded insert in and you can screw in their lead weight. Okay. So person was on my boat. They put in whatever, a half ounce. And this thing is, it's working nice and they are getting follows on this. But however, if I was fishing, I'd want it to be deeper. I'd put on more weight. Um, however, 
they were getting this, these follows on this half ounce weight. And he had a whole box of weights, you know, to screw into these things. And this pretty, in that, so he's he has like a whole box of weights, and 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 you could see the brain turning of the angler, where you just kind of want to say, pick something, and stick to it. You gotta have stick to itiveness. Just keep going with it. Okay, you can't overthink this stuff. Hooks and lines. You tie one. You rig one. That's it. Early in my career, I wanted to. I hated musky fishing because they, there was just too many intangibles. I thought these were like, you know, just crazy fish. You can't catch them, whatever. And little things like adding a weight distracted me from actually fishing. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I catch one with a half ounce weight in it. Okay. That's the way it's supposed to be done. That's it. But, and it would always it would mess with me. What am I supposed to do? Okay, the tail on this this jerk bait was at a thirty seven degree angle, and I had a half ounce weight in. That's that's the way I have to fish up the action that I was getting. So I'm good there. Overthinking the entire time. This gentleman was overthinking it the entire time. He was switching through all these weights. These are things that pretty much made or break the set of you know. I'm either going to get into this or I'm not because this is just way too much confusing stuff. I hate this. This is stupid. Uh, how I felt, but overthinking it with all these external weight systems and things like that, uh, that takes time away from your casting day. They're very short days. Just pick something and run with it. Mm -hmm. That's a teaching thing that, that another teaching tool that we went on, you know, on the boat with it, you know, that these external weight systems, they're coming, they're becoming more popular and they're like a double edged sword. Yes. They make the bait work one way, adding more weight makes it work another way. It's stuff that can mess you up. If you're adding weights, just add the weight and fish for that day. You know, stop messing around with stuff. Pick one and stick to it. That's it. Yeah. So all I have to do is, that's it. That's a story from guiding, but we can go into something else, some horrible things like me breaking rod. No, I mean, course. like, I, I think that that, with what you were describing, is kind of the early stages of a person in their musky fishing career. There's nothing wrong with it because essentially it, it, you, in your mind, you, you need to try to eliminate noise and you're like, well, okay, if this one, if this produced this, this result, a follow, a strike or whatever, a sighting. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, it didn't get him to go. Something else will. I'm going to switch this out to here and see. And thinking that, well, I caught one on, you know, you know, X, Y, Z combo. I'm going to, this is it. I cracked the code. I figured it out. And it's, it's something to grasp to, but switching out weights is also like what I used to do. And that's switch baits. Oh, this one didn't work in these three casts. Let me switch over to this one. Yeah. They didn't say, yep. you know, I need baits. this bait. 
to do this. Bates colors, Bates colors, everything. You know, I, I like, I, I enjoy the days where I can hand the guy the bait, and it's like, you know, we don't fish for 15 minutes, and it's like, boy, they're not hitting this color. Shouldn't we change? Some days I will do that for people, but I mean, we're we're going with the cut. You know, are there days? Absolutely. I can think of my thousands of days of musky fishing, and I can put up my hand and tell you of days where one bait caught 10 fish couldn't get anything on anything else or one bait cut this, but that's on my hand over thousands and thousands of days of fishing almost to the point where I could, I can relate it to like coincidence. That's how often that's coming into play. It's here. not often it's, enough to where you wouldn't even play that card, but it's a great story no, to tell. It's a great story, but it's more, how are you working this bait? Where is the boat positioned? Okay. This yeah. is way more important. Okay. <laughs> you know? So, so do you have better days switching out? Have you ever had a very good musky day to your standards with switching bait after bait after bait? A handful. I'm not saying, okay. I, I think handful, the, the, the I'm extreme. Say, I'm going to say trolling. I'm going to say trolling. Trolling. Okay. Handful. Trolling, trolling, certain, 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 certain color, certain bait, certain action, 10 bites on one bait, and we're running six. But, uh, okay. Yeah, I get that. Now, casting. Have you ever... Like, okay, I, I, I want to I clarify something on this. So, there's a difference. Like, you can go out and fish a single bait all day. And be perfectly mm-hmm. happy. And be like, yeah, this is what I did. I tried. When you start getting like, man, I just don't think this is working. And you gave it a shot. Or you're just like, I don't like the way this looks in these conditions. I didn't expect it like this. Switching baits throughout the day is okay in my book. Oh, it's, it's, it's when you're absolutely. like, I took five casts, I'm switching. I took ten casts, switching. Half hour later, it's another bait. Switching for the sake of switching versus switching for a reason it's not going to help you catch fish. It's not going to help you catch fish because my rotation, I, I start out with a bait that I typically start out with. And mm-hmm. there are times I'm just like, I'm not feeling it with this one, but I think I'll feel it with this one. And I think that, like, how can I make this kind of like the boat control, wrap it up nice? Knowing how to work your baits. Knowing how each bait reacts with how you work it. So being intimate with each style of bait you have. And for me, it's typically mm-hmm. like six baits. And you're like, this is my number one go-to because of X, Y, Z. This one always gets on the rod first, typically. Um, I'm not feeling it, but I'm going to skip down to number four because I think this will shine here. And I have switched before, and that was it. Now, was it? Yeah. was it because I was more confident when I was throwing, was it the bait? I don't know. It probably was mm-hmm. a personal thing. I was more confident and I worked it smarter and better because I thought it was going to work better. That's it. Yeah. That, that's the point that I'm trying to make. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you, you have to have confidence in what you're doing. You can't be beat at the dock prior to getting on the water. Uh, the musky fishing, especially and, and most, and, and most of our, most of the times when we're going out with people, 
they're looking to catch their first muskie or they've been with us before and they've caught a few or something. That's mostly who we take. Uh, so the confidence comes back to myself and Vance when you're doing these trips. So we haven't talked about it a lot, but the Raptors, the Raptors have crushed this early seat. Well, mid season now, early and mid season, absolutely crushed a lot of big fish <laughs> and that's been the way to go. But I have spent uh, some days where we did that for a little bit and we were thrown to swim baits or I had people throwing something else and it comes back to, I have to look at what's going on because they have no confidence because they never even saw a muskie before. So I had to look at the way the boats, the, the, the baits work and, and I'll switch them over and we'll get them on swimmers or we'll get them on, whatever glide bait you know uh yeah they have a very shallow pool to pull you know to have experience from so you have to look out for them mm -hmm. and just say okay based off how you're doing this watching the way it's coming in even after a lot of teaching it's like okay this isn't working we're going to go out a little deeper i'm going to have you throw this uh and it works you know, we get opportunities when we do that. I threw crankbaits today. Did it work? So we were thrown. Well, they had opportunities. <laughs> that's, I mean, that, it was just, it was just, that's the stage we got to during the day. You felt confident. I needed with. to get them down. They weren't yep. getting them where I wanted. And that was my, that's where we went. And, you know, unfortunately, all, the, the, a lot of our, I don't know if it's happening to you, Vance, but a lot of these fish are crushing right at the boat. Hammering. Hammering at the boat, and that Very is surprised. the hardest thing for people to pull off, you know. I don't know if I told the story about the kid I took out there a couple weeks ago that, you know, I, I got him started. He, I got him thrown first. It was dad and son. He was doing pretty good with the jerk, but it's like, okay, you got this. You know, not, let's go get your dad set up. I walk back, grab the rod to get dad set up. Here, this splash fish grabs it at the boat under the boat jumps it just his his rod was was buckled his his rod was bent up the, up over the side of my boat and the fish jumped on the other side probably like a 45 incher jumps throws the bait the kid looks at me and said that was terrifying <laughs> <laughs> what he said he, and and it got off but he was like dumbfounded he every it, for the next 50 casts he was like oh my gosh this is terrifying it was one of those foggy <laughs> mornings you know mm -hmm. real dark and then he and then you know a half hour later he says do people swim in this lake <laughs> of course <laughs> it shook yeah. him up I said, yeah I said, yeah they swim in this lake he had like four opportunities he caught his fifth one you know <laughs> They were hitting, but that <laughs> it's 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 fun. Yeah, and like so, kind of to expand on that. So, if if a guy that was green had five opportunities, a guy that might have known what he was doing might have still had five opportunities, but maybe would have got two or three more of those. Maybe got a couple of those fish. The the boat side strikes. People are like, "Oh my gosh, there's one!" They pick the pole up. You know, and it's just hard. I mean, how do you tell someone who you're still trying to t tell them what 
hand to hold the rod in. You know, when they hit like that, I'll set the hook and then you release some line or, you know, Andy, I know you do that. You click the button or you give them some line or you pull your drag back. It, it, that, that's been my problem. I don't know if that's Vance's problem, but lately that's what's been happening. These fish have been crushing at the boat and it's like insane. We had one bounce off my windshield there a week ago, a week or two ago. Bait or fish? You know, the, the fish. Like the, he, he was gassing in the front. It was not a big fish. It was a mid 30 inch fish, but he sets the hook, pulls it up, and, you know, he lifts the fish out of the water and, you know, it smashes off the windshield, then it's back in the water. And, you know, the, the, that stuff, it's hard to, I could, you can say that. You can tell people what to do when they get a boatside strike a hundred times, but when it happens after they just casted for whatever, however many hours, they're not going to remember it. Oh, it's all out the window. Yeah. The same as you can't explain. I can sit there and teach everybody. This is how you get the rod out of the rod holder when it hits. You reach over. I can't take it out when I'm going four and a half miles an hour. I Look, come over here. Try to lift this straight out. You can't lift it. All you have to do is put a little back pressure on the rod. And you can pop it out. And I can I can go over this 10 times with people because they want to get their own rods. And the rod goes off. And they go to get their own rod. I start backing the throttle a little bit, still waiting for them to engage the fish. And they're like, I can't get it out. So I go over and take it out. You can, some, you know, you can't, you, you can talk about it, but it's not going to happen in the moment. Yeah, you can tell, you, you can teach the theory of driving in <laughs> snow and ice, but yeah. you just got to do it to really learn it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. Be confident in your choice of bait. Nice. You guys, got anything else you want to talk about? No. Yeah. I've broken a lot of stuff. Well, I wanted to I wanted to touch base on one thing. I you know, I've I've broken a lot of rod tips over the recent like days. I have no idea how to fix them. And I do not have tools up here, which sucks. Okay, uh, so that, but I yeah. have replacement rod tips and I have epoxy. Then you can fix it. You just got to find the one that fits on the the tip top. Fits on the outside or on the inside? It would be the outside, correct? Yeah. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna slip over the outside and find the right. You probably got some rod builders right now just screaming. Oh no! Doubt. At their yeah. phones or computers yeah, just, or whatever. You know, my good friend Phil passed away the one time that happened to him, and he just took the side cutters and cut it off right at the islet right beneath there and fished the rest of the week. You know. Yeah, you cut it off right instead of an eight six, it's an eight four. <laughs> yeah, it's an eight four, and that worked as a, a guide. I, I have his rod on display here. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to be doing some of that. <laughs> um, we'll to, we'll talk later. We won't put that on the podcast. I'm anxious yeah. to hear how that happened. Oh my, it's interesting. A bunch of ways, probably. Yes. Many my, my many. mind, my mind is yeah, yeah. But um, have, you had, have be, you had anybody hook your tro- hook the trolling motor yet this year, Vance? Oh yeah, yeah. Like, don't bring That's it in right past the trolling motor because it's on. 
Yeah. I'm I'm sitting here working, keeping you on the thing. Don't bring it. If you're going to come in, bring it to the right or bring it to the left. Mm-hmm. And I've heard Absolutely. lots of people like, there he is, there he is. And, and I hit the button. To, I, I hear I hit the button to turn the trolling motor off, and everything stops. And it's like, yeah, you got a big one now. <laughs> you hear? You, you ever just like play with them and like turn God. it to one, and just have it like <laughs> lightly pull? Yeah, you, lightly what you, pull. Eh, eh. Yeah, what you hear is thud and then drag rip. Thud, mm. thud, drag rip. Yeah, yeah. The bait is just <laughs> annihilating your prop. That happened to me today. Oh, <laughs> I was yeah. like, we were in a mess. I was like, everybody grab something and reel it in. <laughs> Big mistake. Yeah, Big giant mistake, mistake on on my part. Mm-hmm. It looks like you have a tr- gill net coming trying, in from the back. I, I was trying to reach back and get this lure that had been cut off. My line was broken. And I was like trying to like go back and get this. Just grab or, Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, oh my God. I was like, I'm going to put something in the prop. It's going to be in the prop because the way the things are being reeled in. Went in the prop. Heard ting, ting, ting. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. That's a trolling that, prop. Yeah. That, that, I, I, I don't think I've ever got one in my trolling prop. But um, the casting is the one I was. You've never just, put a line in your trolling prop. I don't think I, I don't, I cannot remember ever doing that other than sliders at Lake, Lake St. Clair. Man, I put a lot of lines through my, my props. <laughs> I, I can think casting, of two casting lots of times, two times in the main motor troll, you know, while, while under power. Well, yeah, I mean, under, under power, I'm trying to like get back to this thing that's sinking in this like mat of weeds. Yeah, I'm like yeah. I gotta get to that like right now, where it's gonna be gone. I'm not gonna see it anymore with the clarity of the water and stuff. And it, you take a tight turn, it went into it, but like not, mm-hmm. not, not so terrible. It, what happened was the the kicker prop was fine. It got caught up in the big motor prop, and I would imagine it's spinning it sometimes with when you're at speed. Yeah, it spins all the time down there. You know, so then it just, it got caught up in that. And I'm like hearing ting to ting to ting. And I'm like, should I stop now or should I go after problem one or deal with this? <laughs> and, and so it was just, it, it was just like, you know, I, problem one's about 25 feet away from me and sinking. Problem two just happened. It's in my prop right now. What should I do? Should I stop and just say the hell with it or just hammer through i hammered through and i ended up getting a bait that i was after and completely destroying the other losing losing another bait but instead of sophie's choice it's vance's choice (laughs) so but but how i got the line out of my prop that i couldn't reach it's just like two i trim it up all the way and i can't extend past the lower unit you know it's such a far reach oh yeah and what i used to get the blades to spin the opposite way to get the line out was a broken rod the tip was off and i was just like screw it i'm gonna push this thing (laughs) this broken rod tip 
and it worked. Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fun stuff. All right. It's all fun. Believe me, in no way do we ever am I ever trying to make fun of people or anything. It's just it's the way it is. I guess if someone took me downhill skiing. Oh, I would be so frustrated, but I would not say it to about you. Me because I do not know how to do it. I can't stand it, and you know. So, no, I don't think that we've come off like that at all. I just we just went through a teaching day. You know. Yeah, that's all. That's how, that's that's the life of it. Some people mm-hmm. do it. Some people don't. The people that do it generally are booked. The people that don't, yeah, you know, they're scumbags. So. It's fun stuff. I love I love doing this stuff, you know. And Do you like it in the hot weather? Like we've just had for five days? Yes. I, I hated the hot weather. The, oh man. We've like we've completely ghosted the hot water temperature though up here. It's been nice. We got a good year. It's like a normal year on Chautauqua. Yeah. You know, this is just what it is up here. It stays colder than in other areas but i mean cool those, nights I, yeah. I feel i feel bad for uh the people that you know have uh that are behind the keyboards they they didn't get well, to complain much well, well what was that like Sox. two oh, months they're, ago they're trying they're trying they're, trying. they're, fi- they're figuring something out yeah <laughs> there was trying. a guy there there was a guy that who is never out here on the lake ever never out here a man that once used ice jugs commented on a post <laughs> about yeah. being a responsible guide. One, he's not even booked. Two, he's an afterthought. Three, he doesn't catch fish. No one knows. You could write a whole storybook of the stories you've heard from this man. He's not talking about hot water temps on Chautauqua Lake. It's 75 degrees. It started at 63. It's 75 degrees on Chautauqua Lake. It's a normal year. The fish are fine. Yeah. His protege is out there the same day he's he's, you know, getting these like, you know, great you know, like, oh, you're such a good man. You I wanna like aspire to be like you. There should be more like you. His protege, number one, he's out there trolling deep water right behind me as these posts are being made. I mean, the hip, the hypocrites in this sport are alive and well. It's unbelievable, and it's nothing but comedy and motivation. Yeah, I, I'm sorry that they can't grasp onto something, but the hot water season has not come up here. Well, and it's nor is it gonna. I'm going to lower the bar. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to look for 2022. Double nickels is too hot. Yeah. 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 Uh, It's just these 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 people are nuts. I mean, nobody's. You know, you get in there, nobody's gonna want to freaking fish. You know, when 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 you got these social justice woke mob people. You know, you post something, you know, they, they act like they know what the temperature of the lake that you're currently fishing on that you're six hours away from. Get a life, you know, yeah. that is, unfortunately, mm-hmm. that is your life. Enjoy, you know, you're eating Lunchable pizzas. 
That sounds delicious. <laughs> they are pretty freaking good, but I get the you point. Know what I mean. The hot water temp's gone. I mean, what are we going to turn into? It's it's fall. See, it's going to be the fall. I'm going to be selling your own personal on the water oxygen kit, so you can find out how many parts per million you are. And then that's going to be the new number rather than just talking about, you know, this old technology of water temp. It's going to be PPM. It's weird. And, you know, like in our lifetime, we're going to figure this out. Something is going to happen. There's going to be studies about this hot water temperature stuff. We are in the early stages of it because it has always happened. I could almost see something on a transducer. Well, I mean, it's something like that, but... Like, you know, this hot water temperature stuff, there's been one study that I know of, you know, obviously we know what's going on because we're, we're handling fish every day. We know how they respond. Yes. Is it, is it tough on them in the hot water? Absolutely. Absolutely. And every time, you know, it's really bad. And what do we do? I shut down. We shut down. It's not happening. If it's borderline, I ain't nothing that forget about it. Mm-hmm. It's off. We're good. You know, yep. we adjust to that stuff. But if you get something that is concrete, as concrete as these people saying 80 degrees, now yep. it's down to 75. Now now it's more it's of a 75 70. thing. But, like, yeah. if you get something concrete where it's 75, 80, okay, red flag. If we get some type of study that's going on and there's money put into these studies on particular, let's just say, you know, you could say, I don't want to say lakes because that would cost too much money. But if you get some type of generality that happens there where you'd be like, okay, the Northwest, this is no good for fish. Like you, this is screwed up. It's then then we could we can draw off of that there needs to be science behind it people that are actually paid to do this stuff unfortunately musky fishing is it's like on the, it's on the back burner i think we're going to see a couple studies in our lifetime that shows uh you know some of these things like what's actually happening extreme stuff extreme yeah. hot weather these fish are caught what's happening to them? oh my god mm. with all these intangibles you're going to see stuff like that that's probably like the biggest change that's going to happen in musky fishing where as like 30 years ago, it was catch and release. I think something's going to happen with water temperatures where I would trend on the side of the people that are, uh, you know, on behind the keyboard are probably going to, um, you know, just like eat humble pie almost. I would see more studies that way, but you know, we'll see. Yeah, see what happens. I, I, yeah, I know what you're saying, but then the the argument of you know hiding behind the you know the just of caution. I would rather be too cautious than not enough. I mean, no I, doubt. I mean, no doubt. I then, mean, we're, yeah. Then and then well, it just it boils see. down to just don't do it at all. Then don't go. Sure. Don't. Sure. Um, yeah, absolutely. If the way you feel, don't go. The, but uh, I mean, but there, but 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 that's that's the extreme, you know. Mm-hmm. That's the woke era of it. Um, there are people that the sport will grow on when there is data behind it, 
hard data, like the number 80, like the number 75, things of that nature. When there's hard data, there will be people that have the ability to problem solve and comprehend things. And there'll be mm. more of those people that grow the sport. There will always be people that are extreme on, on, on each side with it. Oh, yeah. Um, yep. But yep. There, there's going to be something in our lifetime that uh, kind of smooths things out for uh, for people, you know, that they're afraid to, you know, post this or, or, or go out because. Uh, I, hope I, I, I hope you're right, Vance. But you I, know, think I, that, just, I, I think just don't I don't think it's I don't think they can do like, you know. 80 degrees in Kentucky is way different than 80 degrees in Northern Ontario. Right. And, and that's where, you I know, and, and, and that's the big thing. Like those yeah. fish down there live differently. They have a different, you know, how, how does it affect them compared to the ones that, yeah. I mean, if it's 80 degrees and, you know, on Pigeon Lake in Ontario, that's freaking hot. Something's wrong. <laughs> yeah. That is freaking hot. I've never seen it. Uh, 80 wrong. degrees in Kentucky that happens. So those fish, are they more <laughs> That's April. used to that? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. That's what I mean, though. I, I think that there, there, there could be something trending towards some scientific data with, with these things break, broke down in regions. We yeah. know what's going on. You know, we know what's going on. We don't no. post about it. We don't need a merit award. We know when to close, when to not, you know, mm -hmm. we're on the water every single day. The, uh, it's dangerous. We're not there, but it would be nice to, for, for the in, entire, uh, you know, broad brush of musky fishing to have something to draw off of so that, uh, you know, the community grows. Oh, That's yeah. it. I know out I West. Think... Go ahead, Todd. No, I, I, I think way more than water temp, way more. The fish that I've dealt with, the 6,000 fish that, we, that I've dealt with, water depth has a way bigger effect than I don't care what the temperature is. You know, depth, you, catch, yeah. you, you catch them way down there and you bring them up and you're going to have a shit show. The big deep diving plugs, I mean, that's what I've seen, and I've been doing this for a long time, and I've dealt with a lot of them doing that, and that's why I just don't, I don't do it. And, that, and, and, and I've had that happen at all times of the year. No doubt. You know, you, you punch those plugs way down there, these big giant lip plugs. And, uh, Even if it's is, like 65 is, degrees. I, yeah, it is screwing with those fish. And, I mean, I just saw it. I was up at Lake Ontario for a few days fishing for salmon. I mean, you might, you mean when you're catching them 75 feet down and they're screaming line and shooting out of the water. And by the time you reel them in, you can try to release them. We've, we put them in live wells. We've hung them off the side from the boga grip, but what? Oh yeah. We like hung them off the side and drug them behind a boat, trying to see if they'd come alive, you know, like ones we wanted to release. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't know the answer because, you know, you can't go from that far down to the surface, back down. Uh, water temperatures play a difference. 
the depths, the bends, the way they swell up. Yep. You know, they're talking about, yeah, you got to take one of these fizzers. So uh, we're going to stick needles in the side yeah, of the fish. There, yeah, but it's, it's crazy. It's, it's over the it's, top. It's like what, yeah. what you see up here. I mean, you, you have these mm-hmm. uh, social justice warrior, musky people, woke mob, uh, reptilian people that are talking about the water temperature and then when september hits they're in the 60 foot hole jigging them up being like here we go yeah this is this is good jigging the, off the water i will guarantee you from yeah. what i've seen like, in my life with the thousands of muskies you pull one up from there just, you might as well just throw them in the bottom of the boat and keep don't them. be it yeah don't be a <laughs> hypocrite. you should do don't be a hypocrite yeah. the mm-hmm. whole the whole thing of like how murder creek started last mm-hmm. year which is a joke. Mm-hmm. There's the hypocrisy behind that is so insane. There was mm-hmm. a an award given away for a fish that was caught in hot water died. There mm-hmm. was an award given away from the guy that started the whole stupid freaking thing and gave award to the guy that caught the fish that died in hot water. It's mm-hmm. hypocrisy. These people need to stop being hypocrites you can't listen to these people you need to you need to read these things and see it and be like this is a joke i mean mm-hmm. it, it's just the hypocrisy it didn't come around this year people are baiting their breath they're marking their calendar to see if it happens next year yeah but and they try it's just you know <laughs> and they try and they try and say it's just you know you ain't gotta tell us that you want to you know yeah. we're yeah. We're good, but don't scare other people away from it, for Christ's sake. You want this community to grow, and you want it to be educational. There is no way to educate somebody by yelling at them uh, and and berating them and just telling them they're a complete piece piece of crap um, mm-hmm. and doing it the wrong way. You need to take your time and educate people, just like we explained how we do it on the charters every day. Wrapped up. Done. Yep. Good stopping point. That's a good stopping point. Let's go. I got to get a well. All right. Yep. Uh, big thanks to Fatty Z Musky Products, Muddy Creek Fishing Guide, St. Croix Rods, Ranger Boats, Vix Marine, and Aqua Traction. All right, everyone. Uh, thanks for listening. Good luck fishing.